Matthew 4. That's chapter 4. Verses 12 to 23. Praise God again. Shall we all be on our feet? The ministry of Jesus begins. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum, beside the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah. In the land of Zebulun and of Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have, been, have seen a great light. And for those who live in the land where death cast its shadow and light has shined. Praise God. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Amen. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets, and he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. 23. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Amen. Amen. So this is the word to us this morning. May we have our seat, please. So he doesn't need introduction, but I need to put a little perspective to our preacher for today. Reverend Elvis Bennett Niboy. Reverend Elvis Bennett Niboy is, is a Calvarian. Uh, he, he serves in different capacities. But one today that I need to mention is that in 97 to 2000, he was the convention vice president to the convention president, Reverend Dr. Fred Debbie. So they have served the convention, served at the church until his retirement about two years ago. He was a consulting pastor for Calvary Baptist Church. Very great ideas. He's an author, and you will hear a lot from him whilst he comes. Hallelujah. This morning, uh, I've been asked to share on the theme, follow me. 
we have just had the passage read. And uh, from the... Okay, right. Okay, good. So I can, I can be free and move. Okay, good. So we have got the, the passage. And uh, some time ago, Some time ago, I was studying uh, the book of Matthew. And so this particular passage. Don't know what Hello. Okay. I was studying the book of Matthew, and I came to this particular passage. And uh, one of the commentaries I was reading and the resource materials I was using, one of them posed a question which I would like to pose to you this morning. He said, and I quote, What would you do today if Jesus Christ came to your office or your home or stood before you in this church, like I'm standing here right now, and said, follow me. What would you do? What would you do? <laughs> in fact, I have come across this several times in my life. And uh, on one occasion, it was to move from my first career as a banker into fancy ministry. You know, I was still looking for what God wanted me to do. So I decided to share with my better half, Giftree. She brings you greetings. Amen. So she, this was after two months, three months. And normally Christians, we have such problem. What we normally say, let's pray a little bit more. Because it was going to change everything about me as at that time. Okay? Then I understood why Abraham did not Sarah <laughs> what God had told him to do. It would be another thing. Because we kept on praying and praying and praying. But God says move. Okay? So I have gone through it. I have gone through it several times. Leaving the bank into an unknown world. The children were still young. And then the argument, you know, won't you wait for them to finish and so on. But God has not given me eternity to stay on earth. So for how long am I going to continue to wait? But praise God, as we prayed and prayed, uh, God put a stamp on it. We all agreed and we moved. And I've never regretted moving. I've gone through difficulties. But I thank God that if I stayed in the bank, what they wanted me to do, I wouldn't have been able to do it. And I give praise to God. Okay? It was around that time that God called me to become the vice president of uh, uh, my, my, my brother. Okay? Because, you know, I, I didn't know anything about the convention. He invited me to lead in the strategic plan session. And all of a sudden, it changed everything about me. All these things that I was doing in the bank, I realized that it can be done in the church. It was a difficult thing to do in the church. But thank God, 
I've never ever regretted. This morning, our focus for the day describes how Jesus saw two set of brothers, that is Peter and Andrew and James and John, with their boats and nets and their relatives. And then he called them and said, follow me. And they got up, left everything, and followed him. This happened, as we read, was the beginning of Jesus' ministry. So anything around that time was so critical because that was the beginning. Uh, in uh, public speaking, we say that people will listen to you. They will decide to listen to you in the first 90 seconds. Okay? Which is so crucial. You, if you want to make an impact, that time is very, very crucial. So things that Jesus did in the beginning of his ministry are very, very critical to his ministry. Okay? We will discuss the calling of the two brothers, uh, sets of brothers, and then we will learn the truth, some truths about their calling, and then how we can apply those truths even to our lives today as children of the living God. Shall we pray? Our Lord and our God, here we are this morning. We give you praise and honor, O oh God. Speak to us once again, Lord. Speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our passage can be divided into the second half, can be divided into two parts. That is preaching, the preaching ministry of Jesus Christ, and then the discipling ministry of Jesus Christ. We preach so people will be changed. And then we teach and nurture and disciple so people will grow in Christ and become, uh, be able to also uh, preach and lead other people. So we look at the preaching ministry of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 to 17, we read of the public ministry of Jesus. And in one preaching, the Saturday tells us that from that time, Jesus began to preach. From that time, Jesus began to preach. He started his ministry by preaching, the public ministry by preaching. Jesus preached on two important topics. He preached on repentance and he preached on the kingdom of God. If one wants to be part of the kingdom of God, he must repent of his sins and be forgiven so the person will become a child of God and by extension, a member of the kingdom of God. Repentance is mandatory. Unfortunately, repentance is not taught a lot today because we don't talk much about sin. We don't talk much about sin. People need to be told to change their minds. People need to be told to repent of their sins and give their lives to Christ so that God will transform them into what he wants them to become. Any gospel that is preached, that is short of repentance, has a problem. It cannot be adequate. Any gospel that is 
preached without repentance, without talking about sin. Today we talk about all kinds of things, minus sin, in the church. We talk about prosperity, we talk about finding wives, we talk about finding jobs, we talk about, we talk about everything. But we don't talk about sin. The time has come for us to talk about sin. Because that's what, where Jesus started. By talking about repentance, he was talking about sin. That people who were deep in their sins, a light, a great light is shining. And he was calling them to come out from their sins into what God has for them. Jesus called, the second part, Jesus called two sets of brothers. I've said that already. This was not the first time he has met them. Because John chapter 1 tells us that uh, they have met before. They have met before. They have met before. He had called them to come and see where he was when they inquired. He had called them to come and see. The Bible says that what Andrew did first and foremost was that after seeing Jesus, he went to call his brother to come and see Jesus. Critical things. Jesus is now calling us to also come into his vineyard. Jesus now called the fishermen to become fishers of men. In other words, he was calling them from uh, a state where they were just uh, seeing from not a permanent uh, relationship, but they were seeing based upon circumstances and occasions like the, uh, the, the wedding feast in Canada. When he was, uh, he, he called them, he, he saw them and spoke. They saw him and he saw them. Jesus was saying that he would take them from fishing for fish to becoming fishers of men. And this command, follow me, is consistent in Jesus' ministry. Very, very consistent in Jesus' ministry. Throughout his ministry, Jesus called others to become his disciples. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 9. Jesus spent quality time with the disciples. Jesus ended up sending them to go and make more disciples. In other words, when Jesus calls you, he equips you, and the purpose is for you to go out and also make disciples. Jesus repeatedly called people to follow him from the beginning to the end of his ministry. For example, he called the two sets of brothers. We have heard about that. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 19 to 22, when some men asked about his disciples, Jesus gave them the same command, follow me. When it came to our good old friend, Matthew himself, Jesus was speaking about Matthew coming out of what he was doing. So he called Matthew and Matthew came out of his ministry, his work as a tax collector to follow him. Again, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, Jesus met the rich young ruler. And after testing him 
about his money. He tells me, hey, come and follow me. So come and follow. Follow me. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. Then at the tail end of his ministry, in John chapter 21 and verse 19, after Jesus had been crucified, buried, and resurrected, he appeared to his disciples. Just before he left them, he told Peter, follow me. Over and over and over again, Jesus told his disciples. He told people he met in scripture, follow me. This is a consistent and vital part of what it means to be in right relationship with Christ. Follow me. What we do from here now is try to explain the follow me concept by attempting to answer four vital questions. Number one, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Number two, what is the goal in becoming a follower of Jesus Christ? Number three, how does one become a follower of Jesus Christ? And last, what does it cost to be a follower of Christ? I believe that by the end of our discussion, we'll be motivated, we will see the need for us to follow him. And want to see the need for us to do his bidding. Because he calls us to follow him. You don't come to God on your own terms. He decides what to do. He decides who to do what. If he's the, uh, the, the owner of the team, is the coach of the team, is everything of the team, he decides what every person should do. Hallelujah. What does it mean to follow? In context, the word follower also means a disciple, learner, apprentice. It denotes one who follows another's teaching, somebody who is following somebody's uh, teaching, his activities, and his, uh, his, uh, his profession. It could be in the profession. It could be today we call people uh, mentors and coaches and so on. Okay? Discipleship has to do with Jesus leading his people to do his bidding. The people learning what he taught them and being able to influence others to be able to do that. Let me say, a good apprentice worth his salt is the one who is working so hard so he will also become a master craftsman and in turn also have apprentices, right? Yes. So if you are in the trade of Jesus Christ and he trains you over time and you are not performing very well, you are in trouble. One young man belonging to my extended family wanted to do something. And they said, okay, I want to do it. I want to become a mechanic, auto mechanic. So we put him in a trade, we paid, it is everything, and he started. He was living with me. One and a half years after he had been an apprentice, I got up this one morning and my tire was flat. And this boy couldn't change it. Do you know the forgot story? Okay, let's leave it for help. Straight away, I stopped paying anything 
because it's a waste. It's not ready. By two years, three years, you should be coming out as a master craftsman and also begin, we had plans of setting up a, a workshop for him and so on, but for one and a half years, he couldn't change the flat tire. He couldn't. Maybe we are here. We've been with Jesus all these years. We'll not be able to invite one soul to church. We've been here. We come and we enjoy the preaching. We enjoy the fellowship. We go out and we come in. We go out and we come in. Jechele, kejeena, adichina, diasa, neeko, neeba, neeko, neeba. As you're doing this time. Hallelujah. Are you there? Moha. Moha. Good. I don't want Jesus to give up on us. He will not give up. I gave up on that young man. But Jesus will not. Jesus will continue to talk about follow me, follow me, follow me. Until he left, he was pressurizing them to follow him. Maybe I should have done that. The disciples, the followers, were also taught of uh, uh, being imitators. So many times Paul will write to the churches he had planted and say, follow me. I said, follow Jesus. For example, First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1. Follow me as I follow Christ. Then Peter will write talking about Jesus and what he did and he said, let us walk in his steps. Men fellowship, you are here. Are you working in his steps? Maybe we need to know what he wants us to do. What he's doing so that we'll follow in his steps and do as he is doing. Hallelujah. The next thing I want us to look at, what is the goal in becoming a follower of Christ? Jesus said, I'll make you fishers of men. Just as they had worked so hard in going after fish, now he's saying, I'll let you go after human beings. Hallelujah. And as he indicated in the Great Commission, he said, go ye therefore into the world and preach. Let people know about sin. Help them to come out of that so that they can also follow me. And as they do that, they will also become master craftsmen so that their ministry will multiply. Jesus wants his ministry to multiply here. Hallelujah. This month, this quarter is about evangelism, right? Yes. What goal do you have? Have you set any goal? That by the end of this quarter, I should be able to have spoken to four people about Christ. If you can't even tell them anything, just like Andrew did. Just pick him and say, come and see. Bring them to church. Bring them to church. Let them come and see. Andrew couldn't preach like uh, uh, my, my good friend. Andrew couldn't preach. He couldn't do sing. He couldn't do anything. What he could do is to hold his brother's hand and say, Peter, come. I've seen many people know about Peter, but we don't know about Andrew. But do you know what? In the, in the final analysis, when we go to heaven, the Bible, we, we always think that we'll go with our gifts. 
when we go and we stand before the Lord, everybody will present his gift to the Lord. Andrew will go into the presence of God and say, Lord, I brought only one, Peter. He said, don't worry. Look behind Peter. 3,000 at a go. What that means is that whatever Peter will do, Andrew has done by uh, uh, plus one. So there are people who preach. There are people who talk like I'm talking. But there are people who also will say, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. When I became a Christian, I didn't know anything. All that I knew was that every Sunday when I go to church after preaching, I take also notes. And then I'll carry it because I was called again there. I was called to follow. I'll take it and go from my old uh, friends and then go to them one after the other. I'll copy them. No photocopy in those days. I'll copy them. About five and all the people I'll visit, I'll give them the sermon outline for the day. My brother was at Takrade. I took it, one of the sermons, bought a Bible, put it in there, and gave it to transfer. Go and give it to him. He became a Christian. Hallelujah. I didn't pray to him. My senior brother, who is still a member, uh, Nicholas, he was there. We started a small prayer, uh, Bible study meeting there, and all the family, I was inviting the family members, come to my house and learn Bible. And through that, my family members started seeing the Lord. In the workplace, people who were laughing when I, I became born again, you know, I went through all kinds of things. So they were wondering, is it real? Is it real? Is it real? By God's grace, one after the other, they gave their lives to Christ. Hallelujah. Because it was like, wait and see, oh, and then the one with that, 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 but God used the little, little things that I was doing to bring them to Christ. Hallelujah. By God's grace, if you bring somebody like Peter, they say, you're heaven, where did he? Yes! If you're not able to bring anybody, bring one person who is like Peter, and you get all that Peter will get, plus Peter himself. Hallelujah. You, everybody can do something. Everybody here can do something. Hallelujah. The goal once again was uh, you become like your teacher. It was believed in those days that the, the disciples will grow to become like their uh, leaders. Like their masters. Okay? Just as this has sought to save men and make disciples, so his disciples are to seek and save the lost. That's why he came. He came to seek and save the lost. So if you are his follower, that should be your that, that, that job description. No other thing. All the other things that we are doing, dancing and so on, they must be connected to saving of souls. Hallelujah. I'm praying that by the end of this quarter, everybody will have a soul to come and present to the Lord. Hallelujah. A disciple of Jesus, my desire 
to imitate him. Since he was concerned for the lost, his disciples, including us, we are to be also concerned about souls that are going to help. But how does it become, how does one become a follower of Christ? He gave us a command, come and follow me. Come and follow me. There's no other answer. Come and follow me. We'll explain that very soon. They spent three years with him. Following him through Palestine. And during that time, they listened to him. He would speak. They would observe him. And eventually, he sent them out to do what he came to do. So in other words, the response to the the response from the uh, disciples is crucial. What did they do? Peter and Andrew immediately, we are told, they left. James and John immediately, they left. Matthew, the tax collector, immediately, he left and followed. All these men literally left what they were doing. They left things behind and they started following Jesus Christ. Some of them left jobs. They lost their nets. They lost their families. They lost their priorities. They lost their dreams and their plans. They lost their appointments. Many, many things they have lost. But they did that so that they will complete their work of being a follower of Christ. Hallelujah. And remember, when the the disciples uh, of Jesus Christ faced a problem, and Peter and John were arrayed before the, the, the uh, Sanhedrin. Okay. The rulers looked at them and said, these people, uh, they have courage to preach, but they are not ordinary. They are ordinary people. But then the Bible said they took note that they have been with Jesus. So first, if you want to be a very good apprentice, be close to your master. And you'll be like him. You'll be a carbon copy of him. Hallelujah. How can the disciples of today, now that Jesus is not here, how can we follow him? You may ask. You follow him. He has given us what to do. He says, hold on to my teaching. Obey all the things that I have commanded. Obey. That's all he's asking us. Obey. So, if you want to be a good disciple, you should be able to, you should be reading the word and you should continue to make sure that you are doing what he's asking you to do. And make time daily to sit with him. Because if he's your master, every day he must speak to you. When you go to a workshop, the master in the morning will distribute jobs to people to do. So, go to him every morning and ask him, what do you want me to do? Hallelujah. To follow Jesus by obeying his word implies some degree of cost. And we'll look at that and we'll come to an end. What does it cost to be a follower of Jesus Christ? His first disciples left. They left everything. They left their business. They left their families. And then Peter will say uh, later that we have left all to follow you. What are we getting? We have left all to follow you. But what does it mean for us 
to be his disciples today. Mark chapter 8 and verse 34. I like the amplifier version. If anyone intends to come after me, that is follow me, let him deny himself. An amplified version, deny himself means forget yourself, ignore yourself, disown yourself, and lose sight of yourself. And come and follow me. If you want to follow Jesus, his priorities should be your priorities. And not your priorities, his priority. Today we, we, we go to God as if we are commanding him to do what we want. And we talk about, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, changing uh, the hand of God, shifting the hand of God, and how God is managing the whole universe. And you are a tiny but very important part of it. And if it has to change everything because of you, what do you think will happen? There will be chaos because you are praying. And uh, Dora is praying. Pastor Fred is praying. Pastor Kisley and my sister is also praying. We are praying. Whose prayer is he going to answer? His will will be done. Hallelujah. Amen. What does it cost you now? Today, it may be seeking God first and his kingdom. Matthew 6, 33. It must come before our family. That one must be willing to suffer hardship. Today, we don't talk about suffering. We want the power of his resurrection. But we don't want the fellowship of his suffering. No, 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 no. That one belongs to somewhere else. We don't believe in that. Even in marriage, we believe in for better, for, for best. We don't believe in for better, for worse. When you go inside, you see. You think that marriage is there, people, people, people. You see. Simply put, you put everything aside so you can follow him. Okay? Today, Jesus is expecting us to do the same thing. Paul, he excites me when I was looking at it again. Paul, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 5 to 6, Paul enumerated seven things he could boast of. Seven things he could boast of. Maybe you have some of them. Let me relate uh, Paul's one to you. He was circumcised on the eighth day. A true Jew, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, from where the first king of Israel came. It was a Hebrew of Hebrews, no mulatto. In regard to the law, a Pharisee, as zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, ah, he was champion. But what did he say? But whatever were against to me, and I'll consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them as garbage that I may gain Christ. Hallelujah. Are you ready for that? What have you left behind? What have you left behind? What have you left behind? Uh, some of the things uh, uh, you, you were doing, you stopped doing them. Are there any uh, things that you were doing but now you are not doing anymore? Are there dreams that you no longer pursue because you are following Christ? Are there people 
you can no longer associate with. I was a champion in the world. When I became born again, I severed all those relationships. Overnight. Nobody told me. First of all, nobody told me, don't drink, don't follow women. Nobody told me. Mine was like Paul's one. Jesus walked into my room and said, follow me. And I went. And I, uh, the, the Saturday before that Sunday, we know what we were. In those days, you start from uh, uh, Continental to Ambassador, from Ambassador to uh, Star Hotel, and then you will re- re- take a big rest, and then you go to, in the night, you go to KTK, and you go to Club 400, and so we did all those kind of things. Bank manager. <laughs> we did all those things. But when I met him face to face, I counted all these rubbish. Hallelujah. When you called me, mine was like, when you called me, I stopped everything. So they were wondering, my colleagues in the band, they were wondering, ah, this man, but thank God it was real. Hallelujah. And he can do it for you. If you are really following Jesus, there will be things you have to leave behind. There will be things you have to leave behind. It means if you are following him, and you have not left anything behind, maybe you have not started following properly. What have you left behind? And what should you believe in? The first one, what have you left? But now, what should you believe in? Which means that you should constantly, day by day, check your life. Check your life. Is there anything in me that is not consistent with what you want me to be? We come just we come to the end. Let me say that after Jesus' death, resurrection, it took some time to talk to Peter. And at the end of it all, it was the same thing. Follow me. The message was the same. The message from the beginning is the same today. Follow me. And if you follow him, you should be able to call other people to follow him. Hallelujah. That's what it means. If you want to be a true disciple, if you want to be a good apprentice, follow me. Follow me. It is still follow me. I'm convinced that it's still telling you, follow me. In certain areas of your life, say, drop this and follow me. Maybe you have not started at all. But we thank God that he will do it. He who has called us is a faithful God. And he will do that which he has purpose for our lives. And the glory and the honor will be to him alone. Amen.